Good evening and welcome to Cherry's Red Army. Cherry's in Focus, episode 26. 26? I think it's 26. Um, do We do thank you for joining us on this live stream. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. Do subscribe to the channel because we are getting closer to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. Do use the interactive chat. We're going to need you this evening. Big game on Sunday. We've got some transfer talk coming up very, very soon. I've got John and Aaron with me. If you're watching this back on replay, do give your thoughts in the comments. We read every single one. John Spark, how are you? Good to have you back on another stream. Under 18s are doing well, apparently. I'll dive into the chat in a minute. But how are you doing? A little bit of a break, but we get back into it very quickly. Premier League football. Yeah, absolutely. It does uh, Aaron was mentioning beforehand? It feels like there's been ages since we've uh, mm. we've played because because uh, it has. Um, <laughs> it's been a week and a half. It'll be two weeks by the time we two weeks and a bit by the time we line up against uh, Liverpool. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for joining us. Thanks um, uh, thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, under 18s I've I've caught all the goals because it's bit, it's on Newcastle United's uh, YouTube channel. They're playing away in the last 32 of the FA Youth Cup at St James's Park. And they've gone four 0 up at half time, so it's uh, some very good goals in there as well. I would highly encourage you to not right now because you need to watch the rest of this, but later go back and, and watch the goals because they are very good goals. Although I'm sure AFC Bournemouth socials will be plastering that about uh, about the, the area, but so you'll catch them. But there's some belters in there. I will catch with them later, definitely. Let's go to our second contributor on Cherries in Focus, Aaron Kay. Good to see you. Good to be talking AFC Bournemouth again. We do have these little breaks, but we do need to refresh a little bit because we need all the energy for the second half of the season. Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Good to see everybody. Um, it does feel like a long time. It would be three weeks since our last league game. That does seem like... Um, well, it was last year, wasn't it, I guess? Um, but uh, yeah, QPR game, obviously, in between, but raring to go back to Premier League action and nice, easy one for us on Sunday. Yeah, nice, easy one. Well, we are at home. We do have a chance against Liverpool. Stephen Dyer, first one in the chat this evening. Chris Hubble, hope you are well. Morgan Scott, thank you very much. Mark Singleton, Pete East, thank you very much. Up the cherries in all departments. Lee, hope you're doing well. Paul from Australia, Wayne Weldon, Omid and Mark Cole. And anyone else who joins us in the next hour, do get your thoughts in there. Do come up with questions. Do give what you're thinking, stuff that's going on around the club at the moment. And we'll pick some of them out as we go along. We'll see how this stream goes. We are going to talk about the January transfer window. We are going to talk on. Let's get straight into the window then, shall we, John? Some news from the club in the last couple of days, let's go firstly. It's mainly it's mainly outs, though. Let's be absolutely fair here. It was Joe Rothwell first. He is on his way not too far, just up the road to Southampton. Oh, how the tide has turned. We are now lending them players in the championship. It might be enough to get them over the line. I don't really care. I mean, it's three points at St Mary's if they're back in the Premier League next year. But for Joe Rothwell... Something like 75, 76 minutes in the last 12 available games that he's had. And that's with Tyler Adams injured through that spell. He needs to play football. I'm sure he is not happy at the moment through not playing enough football. So good opportunity for him to go back in the championship. Very, very league, a very good league that he's comfortable in. And let's see how he gets on because his value, we might be able to maintain a value for him if he ends up going permanently in the summer. Yeah. Um I suppose technically, I, I don't. I would imagine it'll technically count as pure profit when we sell him, considering we brought him in as a, as a um, uh, on a free. Um, so yeah, obviously maintaining his value is important. But it's weird. It, it, I certainly, I certainly didn't expect us to to loan out Rothwell in terms of um, you know we we were making fun at the start of the season of how many wingers we had, not necessarily how many central midfielders that we had. But when you think of Scott, Cook, Christie, Billing could play there. Tyler Adams is yet, is still yet to play a league minute for us. Um, we, I suppose we've got enough depth, and it shows by the fact that he's barely played. He's come on briefly, um, and I think in this system, do I see him really working in the double pivot? I mean, he could. He could take Christie's position, but he doesn't really dictate the play through passing. He does it through dribbling. He's a good dribbler. And therefore, the real spot for him, I guess, would be the number 10 spot. But Clive mm -hmm. doing really well there. Billing is probably our second choice, and we've got others that can fit there. So 
in a similar way to the player that we'll come on to later, he just doesn't fit in the new regime, um, which is unfortunate. And I think I believe I saw a quote somewhere on Twitter, which basically say that he's found the last few months very tough because he's been fit uh, and he's just not been picked. So I can imagine how frustrating that is um, as a footballer and as a professional. So, um, yeah, best of luck to him. Um, and, and like you said, how the tides turn, um, mm. what with rumours of David Brooks going to uh, getting a loan spell at Southampton as well, it's uh, it's all our old players that are going to them at the moment. <laughs> it's what with um, he must not be named there as well. Yeah, I did say when Bill Foley come in that I couldn't wait for the day when they were calling us rather than us calling them to see if Shane Long was available. So it is is nice. I don't really want to help them come up, but it, it is what it is, I suppose. Aaron. Omid in the chat says, what happens if Cook or Christie gets injured? I rate Rothwell. Thought we should have loaned out Kilkenny instead. Rothwell come here as a counter-attacking midfielder. He had something like 10 assists, three goals for Blackburn when we signed him on a free. I think by default, he ended up playing a deeper role because of the situation we were in last season. When you're not coming on in the FA Cup against QPR or starting, was the writing on the wall this week? You just took the words out of my mouth. I was about to say, I think the writing was on the wall when he didn't, well, if he didn't start against QPR, but then didn't even come on at half time with that woeful first half performance, he probably thought, what am I doing here? Um, I mean, look, Omid's, uh, Omid's suggestion about Kilkenny, for me, Rothwell obviously is, is streets ahead of Kilkenny, but it's all about what suits the player as well. Um, Rothwell, for me, is someone I've always rated. I think, as you mentioned, he has sometimes been pushed into that number six role. Um, which just isn't him. That's not his role. That's not where he's good. And he's kind of needs must. And he did a job there as best as he could. Um, his best um, role is an attacking attacking midfielder, box-to-box midfielder. And I think he showed it towards the end of last season, actually, when he got a good run in the team um, at stages towards the end of last season, that he was he was quite pivotal, actually. He played really, really well in, in a number of games. Um, I thought we'd begin to see the best of him. Um, John mentioned, though, there are players ahead of him in the pecking order. And I think the difficulty we've got is is a fine balance between letting the likes of Rothwell, Traore, Brooks, talk of Mepham, you know, all these players who aren't getting game time um, all want to play. You know, some of them are internationals. They all want to play football. They all deserve to play football. They're all good enough to play regularly but in championship, if not even higher. But then we, we can't leave ourselves short. We, need a, we still need a squad. So it's a very difficult balancing act between keeping players happy and uh, and they're not being in the starting lineup unless there's injuries or suspensions and it's it's a very difficult i mean every every club obviously has this issue and and you know everyone wants a settled team um and Iriola is kind of finding his settled team now and that that does spell problems for some of those players you've mentioned and Joe Rothwell being one of them so again wish him all the best um i i do really rate him i think i think you know we we'll talk about Troyer in a minute where i think that just hasn't worked out Rothwell for me is is a talent um and uh yeah, it's a, it's a shame, but it's a loan, so you never know what can happen in the future. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I wish him all the best. Gene says, I think Adams is coming back very soon. I think Bill Foley was very optimistic that Adams will play a part at the end. I think we're expecting him potentially to come into the squad. March would be my hopeful optimism in that. John, Ben is sharing us with the under-18s. Has he got his priorities right? Um, I think he's missed the entertainment. Uh, well, he actually, he's, to be fair, he was watching the first <laughs> half. Uh, I saw him on Twitter. So uh, he's caught the he's yeah. caught all the fun. Um, he should make sure he's focusing on us. Um, but just, um, uh, just regarding um, that, mentioning Tyler Adams, and yeah, I've, I've seen some people say February, but I think it's more realistic, particularly that we're not in any trouble. We don't look like we're going to be in any trouble. But just don't rush him back, and just be sensible with it. And 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 he comes back in March, and um, yeah. But I think I think him and Triore, who will come into a second, share a similar similar issue in regards to the manager, um, who just doesn't seem to favour either of them. No. And the next one we are talking about, Aaron, and this has recently happened today, confirmed it's been building up to this, is that Chorore's gone on loan to Napoli, a league that he's comfortable in, a league we signed him from. I mean, he's got a good opportunity here to go and play for a very good Italian side. Chorore's problem was always going to be whether he fit the system. 
technically on the ball. He's very talented. We know that. But the Andoni Iriola ball, this type of football now requires more dy- dynamic play and it asks a lot more of you. And, and that, that was always going to be potentially the issue for Torre. And the amount of people he's got to compete in that position with. I, I don't know if you can remember, Aaron, I said to you when we signed him, I said, he looked a player. His numbers didn't blow me away. I don't know if you can remember. I said his numbers yeah. didn't blow me away, but let's see what happens. Five yeah, mil, by remember. the way. Yeah, five. Wow. Game over, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, don't encourage him to watch it, John. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah, so I think... Um, I do remember you saying that. I think with Traore, first and foremost, actually, I'm delighted he's recovered from his malaria yeah. and, and and fit enough to go to, to a, a great club like Napoli. So that's, I think, is great news all around that he can, you know, he's able to hopefully play at a level that he's, you know, he's able to. Um, I don't know what it is about Traore because I was quite excited when we signed him. Um, that, as, as I've mentioned numerous occasions, his debut against Brighton away was just sensational. Um, he showed it in flashes, but he hasn't ever ever had a full run of a team, be it for injury or illness or or whatever it might be. Um, I mean, he he has got attributes. He's, he's he is very quick. Um, he's very skillful, um, and I'm not quite entirely sure what it what it is with him. But I, I'm not sure, and I'm not best placed to judge. I'm not sure what his best position is or what he would say it is. Maybe the number ten. I don't know. I don't see him as an out and out winger. Um, I think he kind of played centrally for for the club before us. I can't remember who it was now. Um, it's the two, but, though, however you say. Yeah, so, so maybe number 10. I, I don't know. But as John said, we've got a plethora of those players now, number 10. We've obviously got a lot of wingers as well. So it just maybe it was his attitude or work great. I might be totally wrong here, but just, again, just didn't fit in with, with what Andoni wanted, although he didn't really play much under O'Neill last season either. So it, we spent a lot of money on him. Um, so it would be good to recoup some of that, certainly, you know, with the... With, Kind of FFP situation as well. So again, another player I wish all the best. Um, I am generally upset that it hasn't worked out here mm. for him because I think you know it, it was a potential to be a really exciting signing for us. But there are other players who kind of push themselves ahead of him. And and again, another one who needs to play football clearly wants to play football isn't particularly happy probably here at all and never really settled in all honesty. So yeah, I hope he blows the Italian league away. And they want to sign him permanently and, and every party's happy. But yeah, good luck to him. Yeah, John, I think it was a signing before we actually got it done deal with Andoni Iriola. There's a there is a player in there, but again, when we're talking about writing on the wall, I can remember him getting whipped off in the EFL Cup first half, might have been against Stoke. And I, I was just watching Andoni and he was getting so frustrated with him. Where Ryan Christie knows exactly what Andoni wants. Troy was trying to like do what ryan christie or someone like billing would do when he's in the mood but he wasn't pressing he was creating issues for us he whipped him off at half time i think and again you just felt like i don't think it's going to work for him yeah i think that sums it all up really is 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 um is, is he doesn't do what is required of the system and that's and i think it's just as simple as that i mean you know particularly when you when you look at the fact that we paid I think it was about 25 million euros for mm. him. I think was the I think was the, the the fee that was reported and I believe that is the although I haven't been able to find a source for it that's what I've been that's what I've been seeing in terms of Napoli's option is that they basically just need to repay exactly what we sent to Sassuolo um to be able to to get him from us. Um but yeah he it, it's a shame as well because when he came to us in in January, he couldn't stay fit. Um, and and if he'd been able to get a run in the team and show what he could do more to the Cherries fans, I think there would be a lot more, you know, impetus for people to want him to play. There'd be more cries for him to play. But the thing is, is that the times that he has featured, particularly this season, he's just not performed. And the manager clearly doesn't like the fact that he's not pressing enough. There's particular movements he's probably not doing. I think what you've just got to look at what Cliver does and why Cliver is rated to play the 10 role above Billing. And Cliver just just shuffles across. He, he rotates with frequently, with, he rotated with Sinistera, he would trade with Tavernier. He allows the front the three behind Solang to be rather fluid. 
but he gets involved everywhere. He never stands still. He presses really effectively. And while he's a little bit soft in the tackle at times, he does everything that Iriola wants and Triori doesn't do any of it. And that's basically mm-hmm. it. He, the manager, he was, he was an obligation, as far as I'm aware, because we stayed up, he was an obligation to buy. So he was already in the squad for Iriola and he just doesn't, he doesn't want him. And I think Rothwell is not the same because obviously I think Rothwell does have the energy. I think he can follow the instructions. I just think he doesn't do most of what Iriola wants anywhere near as well as Cook, Christie, Scott and the rest. Um, and that's why he's not been favoured. And I think that, I could I I think that there has been talk of worrying about depth, but I don't I don't see that too much of an issue. I think we had a slightly larger squad than we needed anyway, um, so I'm I'm not too worried about uh, about squad depth at the moment. But yeah, it's it's, it's I do feel sorry for him because he was you know he's our up there as one of our most expensive signings in history, top five, hmm. um, and it just didn't work. It's just it just. There's there's no no way to no two ways about it. It was a miss. Yeah, and he might be one of those players where he is just got to be in the right squad, in the right club. He's not versatile like Cliver and can play different positions like Tavernier. So you can have these good players that are technically very good, but sometimes it's a very short gap about what they can and can't do in a certain team in a certain squad so we'll see what happens we know that Kiefer Moore's got interest as well we'll come back to that I think next week and see what happens but I think as Bill Foley said if Kiefer Moore goes we're expecting incomings and I think we may see some incomings likely to leave it quite late guys that's what we generally do in January we'll leave it right to the last minute create a bit of a excitement within the fan base so we'll wrap up the transfer talk for now on that one because we have got a big game coming up on Sunday but please do subscribe to the channel and hit that like button Yes, Premier League football is back against Liverpool at home Sunday, January the 21st. UK time, 4.30 kickoff. Wherever you're listening to us now, wherever you are in the world, I'm sure you're going to be catching up with the Cherries. But it's Bournemouth against Liverpool at Dean Court. Again, guys, and we know last year we got the 1-0 win. Um, Aaron, though, let's go back to the first game between the teams, which we were both there. I was there. I'm sure you were there as well. And John was there. And we um, had a bright start as a player that scored the opening goal in the fixture at Anfield. Won't be available for us this Sunday, I don't think. But um, bright start. We thought, here we go. This is Andoni Ariola. Let's upset a big team. But as the game developed, we conceded some soft goals and we ended up losing the fixture 3-1. But... Um, yeah, it was pretty good in, in spells, wasn't it? Well, it was better than 9-0 previous season. Yeah, it was. Um, no, true. But um, but yeah, look, we started like you know, we started like a house on fire, and Jaden Anthony scored a goal which was marginally offside. Then obviously mm. Semenyo scored his chance. Um, sort of the first 20 minutes, it was like the first kind of viewing of the the Iriola high press against the big teams and caused Liverpool all sorts of problems. But yeah, they came into it obviously, and a penalty, which still for me wasn't a penalty. Um and uh, look, Anfield is always going to be a, a tricky ask. Liverpool are, are exceptionally good at home and uh, ended up getting a third goal and, and comfortably winning the game in the end. And even though down to, they were down to 10 men. So, yeah, it was it, but it kind of came away from that thinking, you know, we can cause some teams some real problems this season. If we can go to Anfield and play like that, then we can cause teams some problems. So, so yeah, it, I, was, I was, you know, it was, it was impressive. But obviously, we're in a much richer vein of form now. Um, they're missing certain players. Obviously, we are as well to a degree. Um, so it's going to be interesting. But look, they're they're they are they are top of the league, aren't they? At the moment, they're still above Man City, yeah. I believe. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's 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 the two of them for the title. I I, I just don't think Arsenal, Spurs, or anyone else will will be quite close enough. So I, I do fancy Liverpool and and City to battle it out between them. And I think you know Jurgen Klopp has got them motoring. And even though they have been without certain players for you know, quite a period of time now that they're still churning out results, you know, without those players. So, um, and before we move on to Salah, their record without Salah is, is actually surprisingly good, um, even though he's been a kind of a thorn in our side and 
absolutely delighted he won't be playing against us on Sunday. Um, yeah, look, they're still a formidable team, a formidable squad. As I said, Klopp's kind of, it, it was half a transition season, but it's kind of, well, they're well ahead of plan and it's it's going well for them. And yeah, it's going to be very, very tough game, but you never know under the lights. It will kind of be under the lights, I guess, certainly by the second half. Um, Dean Court and uh, and yeah, we can give it we can give it a really good go. As 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 John said, we're not really in any trouble, so pressure's off and and go go for it. Yeah, I mean it is first against twelfth. Liverpool are top of the league with forty five points, John. And that quick summary of the first game at Anfield, and we didn't know it at the time, did we, John? But we would then establish a few games later that the players weren't quite getting it. It was a little bit all over the shop. We would then lose heavily at home to Arsenal as well. And it would take about eight games to get our first decent point points or even a performance. We were like, ah, this is what we've been waiting for. But um, yeah, it, it, I can remember if I can go back and I'm trying to go in my head here. I'm thinking, oh, Kirk has could have done better. I think we gave the ball away sloppily in the centre of midfield for one of the goals. Neto probably could have done better and it was one of those days and many games after that where you just kept shooting yourself in the foot yeah I, i'm pretty sure i remember looking into the or talking about the second uh, i believe it was the second goal with um it was either on a cherries and focus or with or with one of one of you two at the, at the time that you you could see the press was breaking down quite comfortably particularly what made it difficult was Trent Alexander-Arnold sort of shifting position between right back and moving into midfield but you'd have sort of Anthony push onto one of the strike one onto the one of the centre-backs and Kirkes would have to then come up to Trent and if you get the timing on that wrong you basically just leave three easy passes to go from goalkeeper to right winger um, and in the end, Soboslai was the one that peeled over to the right-hand side and that's when uh, I think it was Senesi gave away the penalty no it was Rothwell yeah that ended up tackling tackling Sobersly to give away the penalty um so um yeah it, it was that was that was a sign and then obviously yeah Arsenal was was and Everton were both horrific but things are looking much better now um I mean with regards to Menyo you never know given Ghana's first game he might be back before you realize <laughs> before you even miss him um but yeah, we we are so much we are so much better now at, at, at doing at pressing and having our, and making sure that we're in our shape and um, and really not giving um, any real time for for oppositions to really build up in 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 central areas and yeah, it's it the, the press the press is just so much more effective now um, and given that. Um, Liverpool will be without Trent, who makes things very awkward because he's so non-conformative. Um, you know, it's uh, oh, I forgot the name of the youngster, Roberts Richards, uh, whoever is the whoever is the youngster right back who's looked pretty good actually comes in, but he's just a standard right back. He won't do what Trent does, so mm. um, it it makes things a lot. Having <laughs> losing Trent and Salah is like. Okay, duh. That makes things a lot easier for us, anyway. But in terms of like, it makes their shape. They have to really sort of be a little bit more standard because they mm. don't. They lose something that makes them different in in well, two things that make them different in in Salah and Trent. So it it really does help us um, a lot uh, in terms of how we can set up against and Liverpool. And it it'll be so different to last season because obviously last season we won this game one nil. Um, it was a relatively decent game for us obviously required Salah to, to miss his penalty um, but I think it was one of, one of our better games under O'Neill but also had some really good counter-attacking moments um, whereas in this one we create opportunities from much higher at the pitch we have a much better opportunity to control the game um, and what was very frustrating in the away game against Liverpool was that we went a man up and we still conceded the third goal. And we just, they were able to just maintain that control level. We looked like we were still running like headless chickens, trying to be, it was like, it was like every player was just like, hang on, wait a minute, what's going on here? We've got one more player. Why do we still keep losing the ball? And they just lost their shape for, for about five minutes. And that helped us concede the goal. So I expect things to be a lot closer this time around. And, you know, this will be a really fun game. I do think that it, I don't. I don't bet on us winning, but I certainly don't count on us getting. Don't count against us getting a result by any means. 
yeah, I do think we'll be a lot better this time round. And I'm sure Liverpool fans will take us seriously. And they're going to be missing those players that you've spoken about and including potentially Slobberslie, which we'll come to in a moment. We've got some predicted lineups from a website that can give you a rough idea in what's happening. Um, John, just pausing the preview for a moment. Omid wants to know if you're any good at football manager. I don't play football manager, unfortunately. I've just never been able to get into it. No, I, I no, prefer I being the armchair manager. I haven't played since like 0102. Was it 98, uh, 95? You get Rebo West on a free. Champion, that was championship manager back then, I think, oh, yeah. if I remember. And Guardiola um, was a free as well. Uh, yeah, but I, I no, I, 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 st- I play a bit of FIFA, but I, I've just never been able to get into football manager. I don't know why, but uh, cool. uh, maybe, maybe one day. I think you would be good if you did play it, though. Uh, Aaron, back in the zone. Uh, Liverpool preview. Um, yes, we will be a better side. However, they are top of the Premier League and they are in form, just like us. If you look at the form table, both Bournemouth and Liverpool are right up there in the last five, six games, whatever you mm. want to call it. But on the screen, Aaron, if you can see it, you'll see that Liverpool have been very good this season. The one loss away from home at Tottenham. And I think only one game they haven't scored in. So I know you're talking about no Salah, no creativity potentially from Trent Alexander-Arnold, but a lot of wins and a lot of draws in their season so far. Yeah, they still got a hell of a lot of talent. Um, they've only lost one game, as you said, so maybe they'll do another one. I don't know. I mean, you can add to that that, that Robertson's obviously still out. Simakas is out as well, his replacement. So I presume Gomez will be on the left. So both their front of fullbacks are going to be you know, gettable, gettable, should I say. Um, and, you know, look, Salah's a massive threat for them, but they've still got Diaz, they've still got Jota, they've still got Nunez, um, you know, uh, Gapko, Gravenberch, etc. And if Slobbers lies injured, they've still got, you know, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, these guys are not are no mugs and they're, they're good players. So um, it is a big tick, but they haven't got Salah and Alexander-Arnold, for me, two of the probably most influential players, and Robertson as well, for that matter. But um, so, yeah, it, it gives us more of a chance for sure. But, you know, as I said, it's going to be, it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, just touching on Garner, by the way, because John mentioned it before. It, much as I would love Semenya to be back, I don't want Garner to go out because it means Kudos will be playing against us for West Ham. And I think I'd, I'd rather have Semenya out and Kudos out rather than both of them back. No, nothing against Semenya, but just for that one game. So it, it does look like Garner will be going out early. So, We'll only miss Semenyo for, for the Liverpool match, but that means West Ham will as well. So, um, yeah. Um, but as John said, it's, it could be a really fun game. And I'd like to think, you know, we obviously we know we're missing Senesi, um for one game, but um, hopefully certain players will be back from injury and, and able to play. So it shouldn't really be a huge loss. And I'm looking forward to it. You know, the rest of the squad, as I said, apart from Semenya, obviously Dan goes, uh, I think, away with Burkina Faso, whether he's fit to play or not. He's, he's obviously not available. So, we're missing our flying left back as well. Um, but um, other than that, we're I think we're hopefully injuries and touchwood aside from their from the frolics, wherever they've been in Dubai or traveling around the world, they all come back in and well, should be back by now and uh, and training well and hopefully no injuries. Luke Andrews is very happy that there's no Salah or Trent in the squad for Liverpool. Wing says hopefully all the chances goes to Darwin and that means they'll score one at most. I mean it'll probably right, like, be like the one he put in the top corner against us the the Mac. Yeah in the EFL Cup. But uh yeah. John let's take a look at our form shall we uh one which was at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on New Year's Eve and we were going for a record of five wins in a row. We played quite well on the day, I'm hearing. I think you were there. We were, we were pretty decent, but good form. We want to continue this. It wasn't enough, of course, to get to get Andoni, the manager of the month, but wrong badge on his outfit, of course. But a um, very, very good spell that we went through at the back end of 2023. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad that... He's overexcited, I think. He's overexcited and he's muted himself, Aaron. <laughs> he's just lost his mic. Our absolute amateur. Give as much stick as you want for John in the chat as he tries to get his mic back. Aaron, good form That's at the back brilliant. end of 2023. Bail him out. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, yeah, I was next to John actually at um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and 
we were superb that day. We absolutely killed Spurs for long periods of time. How we didn't score chance after chance, I've got no idea. Sinistera was, was leading them. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because he can't go. Sinistera was leading them a merry dance. We, we literally, you know, we, we outplayed them at times. Um, and I came away from that game, obviously disappointed. Number one, because we lost. Number two, because I know a hell of a lot of Spurs fans. But I came away thinking, blimey, you know, yeah, it's our first defeat in seven or eight games. And we played so well. And I'm just so excited to watch us play. So it's one of those where you come away and think to yourself, you know, we should have won on another day, we would have done. But to go to a, you know, 24 shots on goal, um, it does seem a long time ago. And then obviously we had the QPR game, which we have discussed and which wasn't the best, but we got the results. So, yeah, you know, we, we should really be going into these next few games full of confidence, as I said, and hopefully energised um, and um, and hopefully injury free. Obviously, I don't, we haven't seen any kind of team news. I haven't seen any pictures of players training or anything. It's been kind of, Obviously a bit hush hush, but um yeah, hopefully certain players will be back and and uh we can carry on the form and impetus and momentum that we have. Are you back, John? Let's do a mic test. Are you back? No, he's not back, Aaron. Absolutely letting us down. I mean, he claims to be an absolute pro. It's all right that he's getting <laughs> as much stick in the chat and they'll come back to John in a moment. What I like to see in the form that we've got there, and you'll see the games that we've been having recently, that we're chasing down another record, Aaron. I think it, I can't remember the year it goes back to, but I think we went 14, 13 games scoring Score. consecutively. Yeah. And I think we've got 11 at the moment. So Andoni's chasing down another record. I don't know if he knows about it, but he's chasing down another record. John, are you in the room? I am. I'm back. You are in the room. Fantastic. Let me come back to that in a moment because I need to go back into the chat because Luke Andrews says, school by error by John. Ben says, still way better than me last week. My smoke signals simply weren't working at all. <laughs> Paul thinks you need a bigger mic. And yeah, you're getting a little bit of stick in the chat. But, I'm not um, commentating we're chasing down the record. <laughs> we're taking down a record, John, of trying to score in consecutive games. I think the record's 14 in the Premier League. We're currently on 11. So... An impre another impressive stat. Is that Bournemouth's or just Premier League? Bournemouth. I was going to say, yeah, I think Premier League, I'd expect probably a bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, it's that's the sort of what we're doing under Iraola. Um, absolutely. And um, yeah, it was it was a um, a decent... Uh, decent... <laughs> It was, it was, sorry, because I, I lost being able to talk and hear you. you so I don't know. Start laughing. Who starts the, laughing um... in the middle of a show? You, I mean, who does that? You know, you can't. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, whoever does that? Um, it's, but it was a decent performance against, against Spurs. And thankfully, we did, we did grab the goal we res we deserved at the end. But it's just yeah. the, you know, the performances in general and, and, and the chance creation is just so much more impressive. Um, the um, Opters, the analyst, put out a record, uh, put, put out a, an article today about Dom Solanke. Um, and that actually, I was surprised that basically he's actually pressing less than he was last season. But the areas in which he's pressing are higher, is higher up and just his general you know, his, his shots, he's, he's shooting from much better areas. He's shooting on target more often. His chance conversion is his big chance conversion has over doubled. Um, but you know, we, we have the players around him to get them in, to get him into good areas. I mean, okay. It doesn't have to be Dom Solanke and ideally we, we would want him there, but I think a decent Premier League striker would be absolutely thriving off the service that our, our midfielders uh, are getting to him. And, it was worrying at first, but we're now getting a lot more other, lot more players from other positions that are also obviously contributing. Alex Scott scored his first goal mm -hmm. of the season, um, but Ryan Christie has had uh, a couple of assists. Tavernier has obviously sort of been in a weird state at the moment where I don't think he's played that well, but statistically he comes out pretty decently and uh, has got his goals and assists in Estera. Just it, all over the pitch is just really encouraging. So. I wouldn't be surprised for us to to break that record. We've already broken a few so far this season, so mm -hmm. um, it, it could definitely happen. Love it. Right, Aaron, this is what Fantasy Football Scout are That's saying it. for it. Sunday. So, look, we'll take you a little bit of a pinch of salt. They are saying that they're predicting it will be Alisson in goal, Bradley, Canate, Van Dijk, Gomez, Slobosly, 75% doubt or 75% potentially available, McAllister, Jones, Diaz, Jota and Nunes. Is that what you think it might look like? 
Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think, as I mentioned, I think the, the back four will be that because um, obviously Bradley and Gomez will play fullbacks because Trent and Robertson are out. Um, Shimakas is out. So, um, and then obviously Matip's out. So, I'm pretty sure that'll be the back four, assuming they're all fit. Um, yeah, Slobber's Lie is the only doubt for me. I think if he's not there, then maybe Harvey Elliott or, or Gravenberch or even Gapco can play there. And I think that front three without Salah would, would, would probably mm. pick itself. Um, Jota. Josh is a, a very underrated player for me. I, I, well, he's not underrated. He's, he's obviously very highly rated. But I just think, you know, either Salah's not there, but there's a lot of problems those front three are going to cause us. Diaz, for me, is a, is electric, and he's the one that would worry me the most. But Josh has this habit of kind of picking up uh, pockets and, and and is an exceptionally clinical finisher. So, um, and Nunes, you know, obviously, as, as people mock sometimes his finishing, but he's, his pace, his power, and, you know, he, he, when he gets it right, he's also a real handful. So, that yeah, I would think that is very very close. As I said, Slobber's lie potentially um, the only one I would say not playing. So um, yeah, a formidable team. But I think the one thing as we've highlighted there potentially not, but they're not good players because Bradley and Gomez are, are, are good players, but they're not Alexander Arnold. They're not Robertson. So mm. um, that's one potential bit of joy we could try and get at them down those down those wings and. You know, Van Dyke is is, is is a Rolls Royce at the back. Canate kind of blows hot and cold sometimes. So yeah, maybe we can we can get at them. But um, yeah, I think that probably would be close. Yeah, John, the front three they are good players, and and on their day they they can finish chances. We know that Nunes did that a few months ago. I think Diaz is a very very good player. Jota is a decent player as well. So that front three could hurt us if, if we're not in the right frame of mind at the back but I do tell you what if that's the fullbacks go get at them I mean I might be harsh here John I've never rated Gomez I mean I know Klopp has stuck by him and I know we were interested in, in him a few times with Eddie Howe I've, I've never rated him I, I think he's he's bang average and if there's any Liverpool fans watching this that they might think I'm I'm talking rubbish and maybe I am talking rubbish but what I've seen of him on TV, I've, I've never been blown away by him, John. Um, yeah, and I mean, it's more so that he's playing out of position at, at left back. I mean, at right back, you can say fair, fair enough on his favoured right foot, but left back is 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 an awkward one for for a right footed centre back, let alone a, a right back um, to be moving over there. Um, Bradley, I think, is quite a highly rated young player at right back and has had a few glowing reviews from what I've from what I've heard of him of him playing out there as a decent tackler of the ball but he's he's nothing going he's not really a he's I think he's more of a sort of like old-fashioned right back I don't know whether he's necessarily got it going forward um but I think more so for me is um it is that I, I would really have liked Semenyo to be going against Bradley there because when you've got a youngster and you've got someone as as powerful as Semenyo going up against you know you, I remember I remember at Newcastle and he went up against um, what's his name the young left back they got off Chelsea on loan Lewis, um, Lewis yeah for for, for forty five minutes the guy bounced off him it was just it was just like watching an under eighteen come in and try and do something in a in a professional game against someone that can you know bench two eighty or whatever it was just like ridiculous so um uh so that's unfortunate but uh, you know one thing we do have is pace up front and and I think that Solanke has struggled in the past against more dominant centre backs like Kanate and Van Dijk, and I think he will find it tough. But I think against Man City, I thought he did really well against Akanji. Um, and what I think is the most interesting one for me is going to be Cliver in the game because McAllister is not is not a number six. Like he can do it, he can do the job, but he's not a number six. And if you put got Curtis Jones next to him, who is an underrated player, I think. And then if it was. Um, uh, who's a youngster they bought from Fulham? You mentioned him earlier, and I've forgotten his name. Uh, Harvey Elliott. If he comes in for Sobersly, Harvey that, Elliott. Yeah, that's quite a that's quite Ooh. a meek central midfield. If it's mm. if it's those three, and Harvey Elliott is like not very good. He's he's okay, but he's he's really not good. He he juices his numbers by coming on late and scoring the odd goal. He's he's not that good. So, um. 
I I quite like Cliver darting around and sort of finding pockets of space in behind that midfield uh, and and combining nicely with what I would imagine would be Sinistera off the left and and Tavernier off the right. Um, and Tavernier against Jones is a matchup that I quite like. So um, you know, it'll be interesting to see that one. The only worry I suppose is going to be um, that someone's playing out of position at left back because Aaron's is back fit um, from as far as I'm aware. Um, so it means that either him or Smith goes to left back. Kirk, and... Kirkus might be back. Oh, Kirkus might be back, you think? I think him Kirk and Kelly Howard. both could be. I think him and Kelly are both. Yeah, he's both. I've, I've got okay. a feeling him and Kelly are both going to be available. If, yeah. if either of them are available, that's great. Because mm. Aaron's needs some match fitness back. Because, my God, we lost... The, the goals two and three are almost exclusively because he's either out of position or he's just not match fit, not match fit against Spurs. He was hopeless, unfortunately, with his, with the line for the second and then just getting beaten far too easily by Johnson for the third. So, um, yeah, ideally we get Kirkes or, or Kelly back in the left back slot, and if we do, then I'm even more confident of our chances. Yeah. Paul says in the chat, does anybody know if Lloyd Kelly is training and fit? So let's head back over to the predicted lineups. This is not ours. This is off the internet. This is off Fantasy Football Scout. So they are predicting, Aaron. Neto, Smith, Sabani, Mepham, Senesi is banned. Aaron's off the left. Christie, Cook, Tavernier, Cliver, Sinistera and Solanke. So from the top end, very similar to what John was saying. It's just that left back position whether it would be Aaron's or whether it'd be Smith whether Kirkes is fit whether Kelly's fit I'd naturally like a left footer there of course and interestingly Mepham in this conversation ah uh, well I mean look if Kelly if Kelly and, and Kirkes if only one of them is fit then Mepham's going to have to play um I, I I'm hoping I'm hoping that um they're both fit in which case Kelly clearly slots at left centre-back and Kirkus is left-back and it's happy days. And I would actually keep Adam Smith at right-back for sure at the moment, much as I rated Aaron before his injury. Adam Smith has just been sensational. So, um, yeah, uh, obviously Marara carries on in goal. That's, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> never heard him called that before, but anyway. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm. I, it could well be that, that four if they're both injured. I, I mean, I, I'm sure I read a couple of weeks ago, I think it was even Fabrizio Romano said, which is, only because he's obviously the transfer guy and he was said Kelly's now fully fit and, and available and, and mm. whether he goes or not, obviously he hasn't gone anywhere. So, so with Snessy out, if Kelly can be fit and switch in there, that's absolutely brilliant news. And if Kirkus is, is back, then great. If Kirkus isn't back, he might even go for Tavernier at left back for a one-off game because um, hopefully it is a one-off game because then we've got another 10 days until um, the West Ham match. Oh, forget ignoring the FA Cup. So, so I'm pretty sure the Kirkers and Kelly both be available for by the West mm. Ham game. But I'm hopeful they both be available. In which case, Kelly centre back, Kirkers left back. If not, I wouldn't be surprised if Tavernier played left back and Mepham wasn't anywhere near the team after he was hauled off at, at half time against QPR. For um, some people felt he did better than others. I, I was there. I, I just thought he was he wasn't great. Um, and I just think you know he yeah maybe he's not his mind's not fully in it based on his pre match comments as well. So. James Hill obviously is now available as well. Mm. Don't know if he's going to play a part. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of ifs and buts. The rest of the team for me, yeah, picks itself. Cook, Christie, Tavernier, Sinistera, Clyburn, Solanke. No problems there whatsoever. Um, so yeah, a lot of ifs depending on the set, the, the the fitness to the fitness. Look, he might if if none of them are fit. Aaron's could easily play left back. It's not ideal for him. Or Smith could play left back. It's not ideal, but. Um, at least, least Aaron's is fit available again. So we have got two fullbacks. But uh, but yeah, hopefully Kelly and Kirkus. Wing wants to roll back the years, John. He wants to roll back to 2019, playing Smith off the left if we absolutely have to. We know Adam Smith has done that on more than one occasion. Um, he played so much on the left in 2019. When he was put back on the right, he just kept running to the left, um, dragging the ball with him. So it was quite interesting. Um, where does James Hill fit into all of this? He hasn't just come back to do some jogging on the beach, has he? I mean, he's going to want to play a part. Is this his chance with Senesi band? Um, I, I do think he'll probably just be third choice if uh, or fourth choice, probably, because I'd imagine Mepham is probably... 
I mean, I think he's been quoted as being like all options are on the table, which I think is his way of sort of saying, I'm, I, I would be happy to stay, but I am also open to moving. And if I'm him, like, unlike Kiefer Moore, who basically is guaranteed to be the starting striker for, for Wales, Mepham is has not always started at centre-back for Wales. Even even when they've played a back five, he hasn't always started for Wales guaranteed, um, even though I think he's probably their best centre-back. Rodon's the one that seems to be favoured a little bit more. Um, but, I, I mean, he's 28 now? Uh, you know, he's, he's reaching sort of like the peak of his years, roughly, or, or is very close to... He, he'll be looking for game time. He's he's not going to get it here. He's not, you know, Zabani and Sanessi are both younger than him, and they're they're the favoured centre back partnership. So if if he if he wants to, I don't have anything against him looking out there and just going like, what are my options? Other other teams are interested. Um, obviously, Leeds has been li- linked with him, um, and I believe Sheffield United are very keen on buying him, not just loan. I'm fairly certain they want to get him permanently. So. Um, yeah, uh, it's an interesting one. So if Mepham does leave, then ben, then Hill just becomes basically the fourth choice centre-back after Kelly. But because Kelly can play left-back and centre-back, Hill is basically the backup right centre-back, which is what Mepham is at the moment. Hill would be the first choice after if Zabani gets injured. So, um, And I like Hill. And I think Hill's got something a bit more about him physically to really that sets him up like I think he really could be a Premier League regular in in the years to come um we'll have to see whether it's with us it depends how much interest Zabani does and what profit we can get off him because I think he's the one that a lot of I think Tottenham have been linked with Zabani uh in the last few months as well so yeah he could feature depending on who's fit but um I think it's very clear to me that um Iriola wants a left footer on the left of the centre backs and a right footer on the right, um, because it, it makes the passing angles a little bit better for him. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But if Senesi's out and Kelly's also still out, then yeah, it's probably going to be Mepham. I've just the, the other option I was well, thinking. Aaron. Sorry. Yeah, go on. So I was just going to quickly say the other option. I mentioned Tavernier playing left back because we know he can obviously do that if he has to. Good with Semenyo and Dango being out, that's more of a problem. But then. Theoretically, Clyburn could play on the wing with Scott playing number ten. So I was going to say they haven't got Alex Scott in this lineup, which I would be very surprised if Alex Scott doesn't play with his deliveries at the moment at Loftus Road and what he gives us. So um, yeah, um, yeah. Will you play Lewis Cook at centre back? You play Lewis Cook at centre back. (laughs) Well, not against Liverpool. No, I mean it might work against the Championship side trying to stay in the Championship. I'm not sure it's going to work against the top of the Premier League. I think it's a good opportunity, though, guys, to start asking our interactive chat what they think the score prediction will be at Dean Court on Sunday in the Premier League between Bournemouth and Liverpool. Your one minute warning is here right now. Come back quickly after this ad break to talk about Dom Solanke, then we'll get their score predictions. Thanks for joining us live on YouTube and Twitter. If you're watching, listening to this on the podcast, not watching, listening to this on the podcast, thank you very much. Follow us, do what you can to support that part of our channel. And do get your score predictions in the chat now. What do you think the score will be on Sunday? Aaron, Dom Solanke picked up an award in banging form, having a fantastic season, getting some decent numbers in the Premier League, what he would have set out to achieve at the start of the season. Really enjoying his football under Andoni Iriola and playing against a former club. I mean, going to want to do something on Sunday, isn't he? Yeah, he's loving it at the moment. Um, yeah, he's just taking it to a new level. Um, plenty of interest in him. We're obviously not interested in selling him. Hopefully, he's not interested in even looking anywhere else. So, so yeah, I'm sure he'd love to put one over his, his old team on, on Sunday and just give him the ball. And, yeah, can't wait to see him carry on. Hopefully, he's over whatever knock he got against... Uh, Spurs, because mm. obviously that kind of kept him out of the, the squad, I think, against QPI. He might have been benched for the line. So hopefully he's fully ready and raring to go. Yeah, what are some of these clubs trying to do, John? Are they just trying to upset the apple cart a little bit? I mean, the guy's on the long contract. He's going nowhere. Bill Foley is clear in his message. No way is Dom Solanke leaving AFC Bournemouth yet. No, absolutely not. I mean, they can 
you know, sow some seeds and whatever. But to be fair, that happens behind the scenes before thousands of times before any of us hear about it. Agents are talking all the time to different clubs. So, um, but Solanke has signed a contract very recently to extend his deal again. And I think that's the second or maybe even third time he signed a contract since mm. initially joining us from Liverpool. Like the guy's happy here. So, um, you know, he used to be Scouse, but now he's got a seaside house. So <laughs> why, why would he want to go back to go anywhere else? So it's, um, yeah. Now, admittedly, obviously, the, the other part of this is basically Dom's now really done it, but he's doing it, but he's only done it for half a season. Now, mm. that's, that's the simple way to look at it. But in terms of his pressing, in terms of his off-the-ball work, in terms of being a complete number nine, he's been that for three seasons. So... Uh, you know, to to the average fan that's going, you know, he's scored like ten goals in ninety appearances before this or whatever. It's like that's that was a different player, basically. Bournemouth fans know how good he is, um, and I think a lot of scouts of higher up teams will as well, uh, which is which is the worry. If the only sort of comparison we've got, of course, is that uh, Josh King called scored 14 goals in half a season if i remember something like that um mm. and that was a flash in the pan he did okay for us before and after that but he was never that prolific again so that's what i think people will be waiting for can he go and score over 20 goals this season and if he does then i think a lot of uh, then i think there'll be a lot more talk in in the summer and we'll find it difficult to keep hold of him but i think there's a decent chance that we could say to dom you know, you've still got. You'll be guaranteed first team games here. We're playing well. This this we might even hit Europe and say, give us one more season. If we hit Europe, stay. If we don't, we'll sell you for eighty odd mil. But um, yeah, we've got. You know, we've got a lot of strength in this position with with Dom and uh, and the fact that I don't think he wants to leave at the moment really suits us. Obviously, yeah. Josh King, uh, that name rings a bell a bit. I mean, he scored some goals in 2016-17. I'm not sure what he's done in the last couple of years, but he was a good player for us when we needed him and Callum Wilson was recovering from a bad injury. That's absolutely fine. Let's go into the chat. And just to add, I think Dom Slanky's attitude, mentality, what he wants to achieve in the game is way above, I think, just a bit way above Josh King. So I think absolutely agree with John. I think he knows what he wants. He'll have ambitions to play for England, maybe play in Europe. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Keep doing what you're doing. Playing football week in, week out, Dom. Mark Cole going for a classic 2-2 at Dean Court. Dean Dyer's going for a Cherries 2-1. Morgan Scott's going for the clean sheet to Neto. Be a discount coming in. If that happens, 2-0 to Bournemouth. Wink is going for 2-2. Chris Hubble going for 3-2. Omid also confident 2-1. Um, let's stop there in the chat. We'll come to Ben in a moment, Aaron. I'm feeling, I am feeling confident. I think this is a Liverpool style you can get at. I think they are top of the league, but they are missing some players. And I think it might be a little bit of a basketball game, potentially. That's how I'd like to see it play out. I think, get this right, and I think we return to winning form. Liverpool only lost once this season. Are they due another loss? Liverpool fans watching this video, do let us know in the comments. I think it's 2-1, Aaron. Your your score prediction? Um, Two one. I'm not com Yeah, I, I, I'm not confident, but I am not. I am not not looking forward to this game. I mean, I'm looking forward to this game, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how we attack it. Hopefully, the break hasn't kind of stalled our momentum because, uh, as I mentioned, even though we lost to Spurs, we still have a lot of momentum. We're playing very well. Um, I am going to go with a couple of people in the chat and go for a two-two. Um, I think there are goals in it. I'll be delighted. I think it'll be a great result, clearly. Um, and yeah, an exciting game, 2-2, and uh, yeah, come away with something from it. Ben is going for, we'll score within five minutes. Dom Solanke, I'm adding to this, Ben. Dom Solanke, bow and arrow comes out, but we can see just after half time going for 1-1, one, one, John. Paul is also going for 1-1. One, one. Mark Singleton joining me on the 2-1 train. Loving that. Luke Andrews is going for an impressive 3-2 at Dean Court. Should be a cracker if that ends up being the case. John, I've gone for 2-1. Aaron's going for 2-2. Your score prediction? 1-1. Uh, um, when, I, when I think about um, when we went to Man United 
and they and in the position that they were in, I was very confident that not only we would get a point and get a result, but I was confident we could win that game because of how good we had been and how poor Man United had been and in the sort of the atmosphere of Old Trafford and yeah, a lot a lot went into that. But <laughs> oh dear. Not looking good. It was Gale Force, it was Gale Force wins and we, we played them in the Carabao Cup and actually we did quite well against him in that game. Yeah, two so one. It, 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 yeah, it, it could yeah, actually help us. It could help we us. We were more. also playing a slightly weaker side as as they yeah, were as well. Yeah. But that was very look, close game. That was also conditions. a very close game. Um, and yeah. in this one, I'm not so confident that we'll, we'll but we will win. Not at all. But I am confident that we can get a, get a point. Um, and uh, I think yeah, and I think it will be quite back and forth. I do think if we're going to get a result, we need to score first. I don't think we will. We obviously won't just sit back um, like we would under O'Neill. We will push and we will try and get another goal, which is you know how we scored three at Old Trafford. But um, I do see. I I do think that you know Solanke will probably struggle um, at times against Van Dijk and Canate. They're both very physically dominant centre backs, um, and. Yeah, I think it'll be a very, very interesting game uh, and should be quite fun, but uh, I'm going for a for a 1-1 draw. 1-1 draw from John as well. So let's just wrap this latest episode up by thanking you monthly members and anyone who donates to the channel. We've had loads of support this season and in previous seasons. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. We have to do this every single time because we really appreciate the support you give. You can support the channel or donate at buymeacoffee.com slash Army. But honestly, don't feel you have to, but do smash the like button because between now and kickoff on Sunday, it will help this video grow, help the YouTube channel grow, and we will get even closer to 2,000 subscribers. Keep following the channel. John, I haven't even spoken to you about this yet, putting you on the spot. Uh, watch along. Are we thinking about it? Oh, uh, this for, for Liverpool? Yeah. And no, it's it's yeah. um, I'm away. But I'm away go. this weekend. I'll try and I'll try and catch the game. But okay. I take but I was I was thinking though, because I have been keeping a little bit of an eye now and again on, on this uh Bournemouth Youth Cup game, and it is uh full-time whistle any moment now and it's five nil been really impressed uh, I, th I think it's looking looking pretty nice some of these youngsters coming through and and the uh, and the strategy of the club might see if we can possibly get a watch along for the last 16 going if because uh, i'd like to i'd like to watch this along with some bournemouth fans if we uh if we do end up seeing this on a on a youtube channel for the for the last 16 when when that gets drawn but uh yeah not not this weekend but with the watch longs we'll get going again at some point later on this uh uh later on in the season Sounds amazing, John. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining me on episode 26 of Cherries in Focus. Back on it. Looking forward to it. Let's see what we can do between now and the end of the season. Yep, you, absolutely. John? Thank you very much for uh, thank you very much for everyone joining us. And uh, please, as, as Ben said, please do smash that smash that like like that like button. Um, they, it does really help us. It's all it's all playing the game, playing the algorithm game. We're not just playing football here. We're playing the algorithm. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, please do, uh, please do keep commenting, liking, watching, and uh, yeah, thank you again to everyone that uh, that subscribes and and donates as well. It's a, it's a huge help to us. We're not playing football manager; we're playing algorithm. That's what we're trying to achieve. Stephen Dyer has confirmed five nil. Aaron, good to have you on another stream. Your final thoughts ahead of a big game at Dean Court. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think, as we said, we can we can you know play our game, be a real test, but nothing to lose and uh, and go at them and hopefully you know get back to winning ways after after our last defeat so uh so yeah looking forward to it oh it's been so good to come back and start talking the cherries we're gonna have some hopefully extra content coming your way we're always trying to mix it up a little bit see if we can add a little bit more to the channel so look just keep following us hit the notification bell, follow us on our socials, and we might add a little bit new content where we can drip it through, see if you like it, and hopefully we can get that sort of interaction going around the world for the Cherries, because there's lots of you that reach out to me, email me, you enjoy the content, so look, we'll see what we can do. Thank you to John, thank you to Aaron, we'll be back next week to review Liverpool and focus on the next game coming up. Do enjoy the rest of your week. Do get behind the cherries. An opportunity, I feel, to get a win 
on Sunday against the top of the league in the Premier League. Look after yourselves. See you on the next one. Up, Cherries. Up, Up Cherries.